This is Ryan and Michelle, and welcome to the Celebrate Marriage Cast, where we hope to restore and reclaim godly marriages through honest and real conversations. Welcome. And because we are all about having honest and real conversations, we do want to give a, a little bit of a disclaimer for today's episode. Um, if you are, you know, if you're a child or a teen listening, we would just ask um, to check with your parents. There is a certain kind of an advisory for this episode. We're going to really dig into some topics of intimacy. And um, so parents, you might want to just kind of censor that based on what you're comfortable with. So Now's a good time to pause the episode and go check on that. And um, and then we just want to say welcome to episode 17. And we have a special guest with us today, Debbie Wade. Debbie is a licensed professional counselor, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and a certified sex therapist and sex addiction, addiction therapist. So Debbie, welcome to our show today. Well, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you all for having me. Thank yeah. you. Debbie, it's so great you're here. We're just grateful for technology to allow this, this to happen. And Debbie, just to get started, maybe tell us a little bit more about, about you, about your ministry, um, and just kind of what you what you know what you do, and we'll go from there. Okay. Um, well, I just personally, my husband and I've been married 30 years. We celebrated that in April. And awesome. um, Congrats a big on that. that's move. a big milestone. <laughs> it was a big milestone. Uh, we feel pretty, pretty proud of it. You know, 30 years is uh, there's a lot of work in marriage, and so it's not all been easy, but it's uh, it's been delightful and, and rewarding. And uh, prior to me being married, and we married in '93, uh, I was licensed in marriage and family therapy and licensed as a professional counselor. Just always had the heart um, for wanting couples to have healthy marriages, to be Christ-centered, uh, and uh, to have healthy sexual relationships. I was raised in a Southern Baptist pastor's family, so I know a lot about ministry and uh uh, my parents taught me to love Jesus. My mother was uh, probably a little ahead of her time, and she really thought that uh, in church, that right after talking about Jesus, that being the number one thing that we talk about, that the next thing we ought to be talking about is sexuality and um, just healthy sex, because she said those are the two things we can't remove anywhere we go. We can't re- remove our sexuality, and we can't remove yeah. our faith. And so I just always had that in the back of my head uh, and my heart as I've worked with couples through the years. And when I had an opportunity through the American Board of Christian Sex Therapists, I did the certification to become a sex therapist. And when you're a sex therapist and, um, you know, many of my uh, referral uh, sources were pastors and youth pastors and attorneys and uh, but though many Christians so anything that showed up sexual uh, in their offices they would send to me and uh, so a lot of addiction started working into my office porn addiction and then a lot of betrayal and so I worked on uh, a certification then to be a certified sex addiction therapist. So that's my background. And then just I've had a private practice that I um, work mainly with couples, but do work with a lot of individuals, anything sexual, from healing from sexual trauma and abuse 
to um, just having healthy ideas about sex, working with sexual dysfunction with couples, helping couples uh, deal with the desire discrepancy issues. Um, and then I work with a lot of couples who've done the really hard work of betrayal through affairs or addiction. And then I work with a special group, really, of women who experience sexual pain and uh, do a lot of work with women in group format with that and then work with a lot of the women and their husbands um, on trying to um, recapture uh, sexual intimacy, even though the pain may still continue to be there. So that's, wow. a, that's a lot of what yeah. I do. Yeah. That's really important work and really, really deep, intimate work with your patients. So thanks for what you do in, in the community. And I know that you're not in this community, but thanks for doing that just in the, the community of Christ and, and for helping people in that way. That's important work. Well, thank you. And it's a, it's a privilege to get, uh, I get invited to speak in many churches on healthy sexuality. And I just love that, that churches are opening up to, we, we want to be able to talk about sex in a healthier manner. And uh, we want healthy, sexually functioning churches. That may sound weird, but we, you know, we really want uh, sexuality to be dealt with in a healthy way in our churches and in our couples in our churches. So. Yeah, yeah, so good. And we're thankful to our marriage and family pastor here who who lined you up as a guest because yeah. we do, we wanna have these real conversations. So today we're really talking about how to have a healthy sex life in marriage. But first, maybe we can start by talking about why sex according to scripture and what God really intended it to be. Would you be able to help us with that, Debbie? Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm gonna go Old Testament a little bit. And if we go back to the way that God designed us and created us uh, to be in relationship with Him. Uh, you know, he, he chose to be very vulnerable by, we would just celebrate Christmas, you know, He, he came to us in human form, uh, but what is interesting, that He came to us in human form that He created. And I just love it that He wanted to be vulnerable to do relationship with us and to live among us. So when we think of God and our intimate relationship with Him, He wants us to be known by Him and to know Him, not to just know a lot about Him. And so throughout the Old Testament Scripture, the word yada that is used, it's often used when it said God yada His people. Um, it's used when um, Cain yada His wife, when David yada Bathsheba. Uh, and it said throughout the psalm, it, it's, it's meaning intercourse, an interactive, intimate knowing of one another. Wow. You know, so God doesn't want us to know, just know about Him. He, he wants us to fully know Him. Wow, so when He designed marriages to be God-reflective, and one of the things He designed, uh, a pretty incredible privilege for us to come together in the way of sexual intimacy, the word yada is the same word for intercourse. And so when we think of intercourse, why it's so intimate, it's a fully knowing of one another on an emotional, spiritual, and sexual level. 
And we can sometimes, if, if we're not used to hearing God and sex talked about in, in the same sentence, that may seem really odd to some people. But when we look at God and His design for us to intimately be known by Him, it requires us to show up very vulnerable with Him. Sure. And He showed up very vulnerable by choosing to come and live among us. And so we're to we are really to exemplify that vulnerability in marital sex with one another in our marriages. That is a really beautiful description yeah. of it. That was that was really good. Yeah. I mean, I I I think there's something that there's there's such a difference between the physical act of sex and like true intimacy. Sure. Yes. I don't know. May, like may, maybe you talk a little bit about that of just there's it's it's not just physical. There is a deeper right. connection. Right. You know that uh, I'm glad you bring that up because a lot of times when we think of sex, we just think of intercourse and we're like, well, how's that supposed to be intimate? But when we look at how God designed our bodies physically, how they mold together, how they come together, um, I'm even going to risk saying if we look at the vulnerability of a woman that she she must open herself up uh, to her husband and and he literally penetrates her. And, and that's how God wants us to open ourselves up to him in his word be penetrative in our lives, wow. and in which would be when we think too of he, he wants us to be transformed by him. There is something in our sexual relationship beyond the physical that it really should be transforming for us in our lives. Wow. Uh, one of the things that I think is fascinating with. Uh, um, what we're able to do through science and, and medical exploration and all, is they've even able to recognize that oxytocin, which is the bonding hormone, that it is, it is released in excess in orgasm, like, like 500% for men when he's with his spouse. And that's a bonding hormone. It's what makes us feel bonded together. And, and, and then here's what I think is fascinating, too, for us as women. Uh, our, our, our oxytocin can also increase in excess with uh, kind words and touch and hugs. And so when we come together as a couple in that emotional listening to one another, I, I want to be known by you emotionally as well as known by you sexually, that there really is transformational work going on in that bonding with one another. You know, it truly is a mind-body and spirit connection. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. So how do you make that, you know, I'm just, I'm just thinking here of of that shift because I, I think a lot of, a lot of guys probably see this as a physical act. Sure. Yeah. And, and like, how do you make that, you know, I mean, it's, it's something that, that we've come to, to realize that, that it's, this is, it truly is a gift and it's a, a very, you know, intimate moment 
we had talked on a previous episode of this connection between spiritual intimacy and physical intimacy. Yeah. And how important those two are linked. But how, right. you know, may, maybe, you know, if, if there's a, a, a guy listening and, and it's strictly been a physical act, you know, how do you start making that shift? Wow. Good question. Do we have three hours? <laughs> and I was going to say, Ryan added that question too. So thanks, Debbie, for rolling with us yeah. here. That's a, that is a good question. No, it, it is a good question. And I wish it was something that we could absolutely just learn overnight. But I, I think part of it is being open to their high, I mean, God certainly wants us to experience the arousal and all the wonderful sensations that He designed us with. He wants it to be erotic and exciting, uh, arousing. He, he designed our bodies to respond in that way. But that's not just what He wants us to experience. You know, He really wants us to experience that emotional connection, that deep longing of being known and wanting to know our spouse. And so I think one of the first places is just, can can I have a willingness? And I would just support everybody individually ask that. If, if I've seen sex as just an act, just physically, can I open myself up to seeing it as being something of intertwined with not just a physical connection, but a spiritual connection and an emotional connection? And sure. what, what would keep me from that if, if I'm afraid of that, which I do believe we are often afraid of intimacy. Sure. It's making yeah. yourself vulnerable. Yeah. It yeah. does require us to be vulnerable. And, and I, I do believe, so I'm, I'm going to go to the spiritual piece again, because I, I think that we can't talk really about sexuality without talking about spirituality. And uh, I, I think if we can look around as Christians and see how hard and creative that Satan comes and attacks sexuality, you know, in, in abuse and distortion and rape, assaults, um, all the confusion that's going on right now um, in society, we can look at that and go, Satan wouldn't come after it so hard if it wasn't important to God. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really and, great And that God wants us to experience the, the emotional and spiritual connection in sex and not just the physical, you know. So a good question yeah. to start with would be, what would keep me from wanting to be vulnerable with the spiritual and emotional side of sex. Yeah, that's really good. So one of the things, Debbie, you, you touched on this earlier, and I, I, I applaud your, your mom for, for having these conversations, you know, with you of sex is not really talked about in the church. It, it's, it's given to us as this gift by God, but uh, it's quite, I don't know, maybe that's one of the reasons why there's a lot of confusion, a lot of unhealthy marriages and relationships. You know, is it is it just the fact that it's embarrassing or, you know, is, is there something taboo about it that we just have this difficulty talking about it? 
Well, that's such a good question. And I, I think those are all answers, you know, some of the answers. If we think about, you know, the, the true, deep, sacred part of sex, it is very private, you know. And it, it, we already spoke that it requires so much vulnerability in, in dealing with our sexuality. Uh, but if, if something's not modeled for us to talk about in a healthy way, it's not like we marry and all of a sudden we're able to talk about it. So I do believe that um, societally in some ways or religiously in some ways uh, for sex to be talked about, it's been given almost like this taboo message that it, it's bad, let's don't talk about it. Or if we talk about it, the kids hear us and the kids want to do it and we don't want them doing anything, you know, that they're not ready right. for. So right. let, let's don't let, let's don't introduce anything to them. You know, we almost go on that fear tactic um, more so than helpful tactic. And so uh, I, I think, too, unresolved uh, shame in our past around sex, maybe because of things that have happened to us um, at, at the expense of others, or maybe even choices that we made along the way as children or teens or singles, and we're still carrying a shame or guilt keep us from talking about sex. Um, I, I, here's what I find sometimes in Christian circles. Um, and I already said that I am um, was a Southern Baptist preacher's daughter. So when I speak of churches and Christian circles, I'm talking about the circle that I grew up in. I'm really not trying to criticize the church. I, I, I think there, we, we need some help in the church sure, doing this differently, yeah. you know. Uh, but it, it was almost like it can't be talked about at all, because it's taboo, to then when we can talk about it, we're just going to tell children and or teens and singles what they can't do, you know. And yeah. and then we almost put this undue responsibility on females of, you know, you're going to have to be the one to set the boundaries and be the gatekeeper because all those bad boys are going to want to do is come after you sexually. So we set males almost up to be... Um, you know, like vile or something because all they want is sex and that we women or females, it's our responsibility to be the gatekeeper and say no, you know, sure. and don't do this and don't do that and don't let it go this far. And so the only way we're really talking about it is in the don'ts. Mm. Yeah. Well, then we get married and what did the, what did we kind of do as a church? Well, we told the church, the, the women of the church, well, now that you're married, all those years of practicing <laughs> saying no, you don't get to say no anymore because your husband is going to need sex and you no longer get to be the gatekeeper. You're the one that's supposed to um, tend to his needs. And if you don't, he'll go somewhere else. Hmm. And so when you think about it, that's some real unhealthy messaging. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And none of it is education about yeah. how do we dialogue and talk about sex. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things our pastor, Pastor Keith says is, you know, like sex is amazing. Like, we, if we're not talking about here, then the world is going to talk about it. So I really appreciate yeah. that when he's, you know, he said that. So, right. And, and it's being taught, you know, that, that God, God did design sex to have so many benefits and to be amazing. Mm -hmm. And anything that God designs for good, the evil one wants to distort. Yeah. And, and I, I if it, if there's a message that I want to make sure that's heard in the church is that God designed sex is equally significant and to be special and all for women 
As for men, it's not just something for men that we women are supposed to tolerate. It's something that we delight in as well, because we are sexual beings. And, yeah. and it's a way for us as, as husbands and wives to really gain better understanding of one another and, and learning to tolerate differences with one another and to figure each other out and to have new discoveries and new adventures with one another. Something that it gets to be a shared experience, yeah. you know, that we serve one another. Yeah. And I would, yeah. And I would say inside the bedroom as well as outside the bedroom. All those things would, would belong outside the bedroom as well as inside the bedroom. That's really great. And I appreciate what you said too about, you know, even having those conversations with your kids. I know that, um, you know, our, our daughter is a teenager and she she listens to our podcast. And I think that, you know, that's great. And others that listen, um, even our, our little guy, you know, he's eight and um, you know, he's listened to, I think, all of our episodes up yeah. in, until this one. And I just figure, you know what, at the level that he catches it, I'll just explain it to him, you know? Right. So um, some of it just goes over his head. But when he asks questions, I just say, you know what, that's for, you know, uh, husband and wife or whatever. And I think it's actually been really pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. some things m- might be a little much, but um, we've tried to just have those open, honest conversations with him because I'd rather he hears stuff from us than right. the school playground. Right. Yes. Well, that, that might be another podcast that we could do together is how to help parents feel excited and anticipate talking to their kids about sex instead of anxious about talking to their kids about sex. Yeah, yeah. And I, I resonated too with even that that message, kind of that flip of, you know, you almost are, you feel like um, growing up, it's like, oh, it's bad, it's bad. And then it's like, no, it's good, it's good. And you're like, what is it? And then when you're married, it's like, then you kind of have to flip that switch, like you said, and like retrain your brain and be like, no, I'm not doing anything bad or, you know, like naughty. I'm not breaking any rules. It's, you know, this is good, um, which is it's kind of a wild, wild concept, you know, how, how it's Absolutely. like so vastly different. Yeah. Often when I speak on sex, I say that there's five essentials to healthy sexuality. And uh, we don't have time to unpack all five of them, but I'll just mention them. That, that for us to have that healthy, intimate uh, sexual relationship with our spouse is that we've got to be liberated. And what I mean in that is we need to be liberated from either, as I said, the, those, those wounds of trauma or guilt or shame, anything in our past that causes us to feel that we can't show up, that um, even if, if, we've, if we have abuse or we've crossed boundaries or we really struggled or felt like we sinned in our sexuality, of being able to embrace uh, Christ's efficient way of offering us forgiveness and, and knowing that that is our past and, and that He wants us. Christ is the one that said, I came uh, so that you could live life to the full. And since God is the designer of sex, He would want us to live it to the full so that we, we need to be liberated. And then we, we need to be educated. Um, Ryan, you asked a good question earlier, like how, how do men begin? Or, what, what, you know, it's like, well, one, listen to good podcasts on sexuality. Uh, there's some really great books out there on helping us reclaim healthy ideas about sex 
when many of our ideas have been really distorted, either by worldly standards or sometime um, out of religious standards. And so we, we really need to be educated, like educated on our bodies and educated on the differences between men and women, educated about our sexual responses, uh, educated about how um, buildup and arousal is so important uh, for sexual engaging, but how important that intimate emotional connection is for the sexual connection, that they're intertwined, but we need to educate ourselves. And then I, I think we need to look at sexuality in a way that's elevated. And I don't mean, oh, in marriage, it's elevated to the most significant thing. I don't mean it like that. I mean, we need to elevate it like God elevated our sexuality to a sacred, a holy uh, connection, uh, elevate it versus how the world sees sex. The world just sees sex as do what you want. If it feels good, do it. Do it with whoever you want. And to be uh, sex positive, you have to say there's no boundaries, you know, which that causes a lot of damage. And so we, we need to elevate how we see sexuality above how the world sees it. And then I think couples need to learn how to cultivate it in their relationship? How do we cultivate one another sexually? And, uh, you know, it's like anything else that has to be cultivated, like a garden, you know, or, or a nice yard. You can't just plant a bunch of natural seeds, throw it in the natural dirt, expect the natural rain to come down and the natural sun to shine on it, and it's naturally just going to blossom and grow. Right. You know, we, yeah. uh, yes, it's natural to be sexual, but we have to work at it and cultivate it with one another. And then uh, I think our sexual connection and our sexuality, male and female, it's got to be celebrated. And, and making time for it to be celebrated, uh, carving out time to be intimate. And I often sit with couples and I listen to their schedules and what all they do. And I, I look at them and say, if you if you only spend as much time in energy at your job as you do toward your intimacy, would you have a job? Yeah. And most people go, no, no. But we expect our our um, sexual intimacy to to grow and thrive without cultivating it, you know, or yeah. celebrating it. And that, that takes time and energy. So I'll give those five again. Liberated, educated, elevated, cultivated, and celebrated. I was paying, I was paying attention in case there I needed to repeat those. So I felt like I was preparing for a pop quiz. Thanks for giving us the <laughs> answers again. Liberate, educate, elevate, cultivate, celebrate. Did I get it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Those are so good. Yeah. Those are great. Debbie, what might be some starting points for us to have these conversations to, and to move towards having a healthy sex life that honors God and our spouse? What are some first steps for couples to take? Uh, great, great question, because I, I think most couples go, we're, we, we don't even know how to start with that. So I, I would say if, um, if a, for couples that are listening to this, to just be willing to, if, if a wife listens to it, to ask her husband, will you listen to this with me? Or if the husband hears it, ask the wife, will you listen to this with me? Uh, I think a starting point would be being able to say, 
I, I desire deeper intimacy with you on an emotional, sexual, and spiritual level. And I don't know if we know how to get there by ourselves. So could we listen to this additional podcast or could we read a book together? And if I can, um, Michelle, what I'll do after this, I can send you a list of resource of books that if y'all have a way to post that um, so that you have some good resources. But there's so many great books Uh, And I I get couples to read out loud together, so they get used to saying words and body parts together. And I sometimes ask couples, if they're feet people, if they can stand to rub each other's feet. Uh, My husband and I have read many books this way. Whoever's reading gets the foot rub. Whoever's reading out loud (laughs) gets a foot rub. Yeah, that's so fun. (laughs) Yeah, or if you're not a foot person, it could be a back rub or whatever, right? Could be a back rub, hand rub, arm yeah. rub, shoulder rub. Yeah. That's so, so that you're great. having some form of physical touch. It may not be sexual touch, but it is physical touch. Yeah, that's and great. And our platonic touch like that's just as important as our more erotic touch. That's great. And we so, would love to post a, a, a list of those references and resources. Absolutely. Okay. Wonderful. I will, e- I will email that to y'all afterwards. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, Sounds that's great. Good. Well, Debbie, this has been so great. And, and just as we wrap up, we like to ask all of our guests three questions, sort of rapid fire here. Um, so are you up for it? Yeah. Perfect. You bet. All right. Well, the first one here, why is marriage important to you? What's your marriage why? What is my marriage why? My marriage why is doing life and getting to share experiences with someone for me um, is just kind of like icing on the cake. I I love life. I I would have loved life as a single. Uh, I I did learn to learn love life as a single. But getting to do life in relationship with someone, and my husband and I are very different. And it's challenged me. Uh, he's helped me grow. Um, uh, I would, I think he would say I've helped him grow too. <laughs> uh, but in in that that doing relationship, it it helps me to be less selfish. Uh, it helps me to be more other centered. Uh, it it again. It just I, I love to laugh. My husband and I love to laugh together. Uh, in bed and outside of bed. And so just getting to do life with someone like that, I, I, I just love it. And um, I, the, the we part, I guess, would be the answer to the why part, yeah. is I love the we part. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So good. Debbie, best date night? Hmm. Well... That's kind of vulnerable because it was intimate, but I, I surprised my husband with a limo ride one time, and uh, I'd all something he'd always wanted to do because other than our wedding night, that was the only time that we'd really been in a limo together. So later for his fortieth birthday, I surprised him with a limo ride. That's cool. Awesome. Awesome. How fun. And, and then, as I said, that is his 40th. That, that's been a while. Now, we're, we are now 
62 and 61. It sounds like I need to come up with another really fun <laughs> night. Another limo night or something. Right. Yeah. Right. I was going to say, well, I was going to say, it's okay. You don't have to say how long ago it was, but then you also said you've been married for 30 years, which would make you guys getting married at 10. So I suppose, it, yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe that wouldn't be quite right either. So <laughs> a few and, years back. Yeah. And, and yeah. just lastly, Debbie, after 30 years, what's bringing you joy in your marriage right now? Oh, wow. Uh, again, those things that, that I mentioned earlier. Um, do, le- learning to do life and knowing you can't be selfish and do life with someone. You have to learn to be unselfish. You have to remain curious with one another. We, we remain adventuresome, like uprooting our lives after 30 years in the same neighborhood um, and yeah. moving to Montana, um, learning to be vulnerable, but create both. What that requires is both of us being safe people for each other because it takes both of us to create safety in our marriage to be vulnerable with one another. And uh, I'll just be real honest. I love, um, I love that we've learned to be good lovers for one another. And that's required a lot of us um, creating safety and remaining honest and being trustworthy with one another. Um, Learning to be, both of us have had to learn to be less selfish. That's outside the bedroom as well as inside the bedroom. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So good. Debbie, thank you for that. And where can our listeners keep up with you and your ministry, the works that you're doing? And just, uh, I said, we'll, we'll post some of those resources, but where can they keep up with you? Okay. So my website's pretty easy. I'm Debbie with a Y. So it's just D-E-B-B-Y, Wade, W-A-D-E, dot com. And I am in a um, position, if you go there, it may say um, it's um, being worked, my, my website's being worked on. Oh, and sure. And so um, since there there's a new move, it's going to have new information. And then my phone number is 817-707-3329. And I'm open to phone calls, uh, and then I'm open to uh, email. And my email is help at Debbie, the number four, acts.com. And the ACTS stands for Authentic Christian Therapeutic Solutions. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Great. And we can we can put those in the resources as well. So. And Debbie, I believe you are going to stick around and do our five-minute Friday with us so listeners can tune in on Friday for that. But Debbie, thank you so much for being on our show today. And for listeners, we really pray it just was so helpful and just a great first conversation for for you and your spouse. So thank you, Debbie. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you for inviting me. And thank you, our listeners, for being with us today on the Celebrate Marriage Cast. If you'd like further help or resources on marriage and family, visit us at celebrate.church slash marriage. Make sure you subscribe, share this episode with somebody that um, you think would appreciate listening and have a great week. Like we said, we will talk to you on 5-Minute Friday. Until then, have a great week.